0: Welcome to the special recap edition of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast, breaking down the interview with Amanda Tress, our friend, with... Amanda, AJ, my wife, <laughs> and our CEO, Brand Builders Group, and uh, clearly
1: she was born in the 1980s.
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of Amandas that came out of it. the the 1980s. You want to kick us off? Yeah, still?
1: no, uh, I thought this was so good, and there were so many different things that we picked up from this, and I just love too. It's like when we really get to interview people who are doing it and people who have turned a personal brand into a full fledged eight figure business. Bam. Is such an accomplishment and And just to learn about how they're doing it, I think should be very insightful and hope inspiring for everyone listening. And that should be reflective of my very first point, which is you can have an eight figure business and in her case, a $30 million in annual revenue business and still be doing most of your tracking and reporting off of spreadsheets. (laughs) Right. And I think that was like, it's so humbling to sometimes be reminded of you when you look around and you see everyone doing all this stuff, you think that you're behind. You think somehow somebody else has it all figured out. And the truth is they don't. They really don't. Um, They had an amazing idea with really good content Mm. and they were consistent and persistent day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. And she's such a testament to that. Now she didn't take that many years to do it. Uh, It happened really quickly, but you can still be super successful and not have all of the parts figured out in your business. That is a growing, evolving process that I think for all of us, it'd be great to take a step, step back and do a little self-reflection and be like, all right, where am I killing it and where am I not? And just focus on where you're killing it, right? She hasn't had the time to step back and figure out new ways of reporting because they've been focused on keeping the main thing, the main thing, which is revenue. And as she was talking, I was like, that is such a great point because we get so caught up into the comparison of, oh, I need a pretty website. Or, oh, I've got to launch this new thing or i have to keep up with the competition and you lose sight, you lose focus and you get distracted and then you don't get a seven figure or an eight figure business, not because you can't. But because you didn't do the right things and you didn't keep the main thing, the main thing, and you got distracted with all of these other little things that weren't as important. And I think that was such a great reminder to me. And it, I remember um, for, for like the first full year at Brand Builders Group, we didn't even have a website, y'all. And it's like, yeah, story. <laughs> and I was like so pressuring where I'm like, that's so embarrassing. How can we be a branding firm without a website? But so yet somehow it was working. And uh, now, now we have one and we're actually redoing it because we got one that was kind of janky and uh, just to have one. And I think that's a great reminder. It's like, sometimes you don't need the things that you think you need to be successful. What you need is great content and people who are willing to listen. That's where you need. And that's what they've got. And I just thought that was a great reminder.
0: I love that. I, I, for me, it was a good old fashioned. My first takeaway was just a good old fashioned reminder that anything is possible. Yeah. And I mean, what a world to live in where you can go from zero to 30 million in revenue a year and still be operating off of spreadsheets. Like to your <laughs> point, like that's not like we got it all perfected. That's it's right. just like raw passion, quality product, you know, something that works. That
1: people need. That
0: people need. And it's such yeah. a simple, you know, it's, it's the age old, old problem in her case. And she just really felt, figured out a simple way to do it. But just in our mind to go, my goodness, anything is possible. And how would you act differently right now if you knew you were going to have a $30 million company two years from now, right? And I'm sure like that may seem far off for a lot of us, but it's possible. Like it's possible if you get half of that or 10% of that, like you're going to be doing great Yeah, and, and just go, most of the time, the people that don't get there, it's because we limit ourselves. It's not because it's, it's not possible. It's because we, we don't believe it's possible. And gosh, I just, I was encouraged by listening to Amanda talk of just her story. I just thought it was incredible.
1: Yeah, all right. Well, my second point um, is this whole concept of micro-influencers. And I kind of feel like this is the new rage. I feel like this is where marketing is going. Yeah. I have no doubt that five, 10 years from now, traditional marketing as we know it will no longer exist. Mm. You already see immense trends with traditional advertiser dollars decreasing and influencer, you know, kind of what we could say sponsorships or brand deals or sponsorships increasing. Uh, You already see that. Influencer marketing is already everywhere. And that's only going to enhance and grow as our digital landscape grows. That's just the nature of it. And I love how this whole concept of who is the best sales force to have, and that's your customer base. Like your customers are your best sales force. There's no one who's going to sell it better than someone who was like, I had no idea about this. I bought it and it worked. And now I'm obsessed and you have to know about it too, versus someone who is paid um, to sell it, who may not have even used your own product? Like I find that fascinating how so often you know my my former life was uh, in corporate sales consulting and sales coaching, and I worked with so many organizations where their salespeople did not even use their own products. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that is so bizarre. Like shouldn't it be like mandatory that you have to like the product that you're selling, and that's just not how it works. And I just love this because it's your sales force is already in love with your product. So why wouldn't they be promoting it and thus getting paid for it so you've got this built-in passionate sales force with these micro-influencers? I just think it's genius. It's absolutely genius.
0: Yeah, that was my second takeaway too was turn your customer force into your sales force for all the reasons that you're saying. <laughs> and I think the hopefully that's true, that your customers are the most passionate and so I think to me the 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 part that that makes us live up to as entrepreneurs is that the sale doesn't end when you capture their money the sale ends when you deliver the result when you deliver the experience to the customer and if you if you take on this ambition like Amanda has where you're saying okay my customer force is going to become my sales force then you realize that hey just getting them to buy is not what matters it's getting them to experience the result of, of what you offer. Mm. And if every small business owner aspired to that, if every personal brand aspired to that, then you're automatically setting your, yourself up to where your customer force becomes your sales force. But I think too often we're just focused on, I just want to capture the revenue. And then I'm like, I'm out of there and I'm, I'm done. And so I think that, that, aspiration holds us to a higher level of performance.
1: Yeah, and, I feel uh, like yeah. micro influencers is like it's the a cool term, uh, cool concept. Yeah, but it's it's like the ultimate NPS score, right? It's like the ultimate net promoter score where it's like, yeah, I'll promote you on every platform and to my email list and to everyone I come in contact with. Like it's the ultimate NPS score. That's what I was just thinking in my brain. Yeah, I was like totally. that's exactly what it if, is.
0: If you're not familiar with NPS, it's it's like a standard question. One to
1: ten. Okay. How likely are you to refer us? How
0: likely are you to refer us? And it's like, who cares how likely you are? <laughs> Will you? Did you? Yeah. Like, did you actually refer us to somebody who bought? That's that's yeah. what it's it's really about. So then, my third takeaway. I'm going to jump in here. Okay. It's a quick one. You know, it was something that. It actually didn't come in the interview. So, this is a little bit of a bonus tip. I w- it was inspired by something when Amanda was talking about how all of her customers come into this this like initial course and that's how they start and then after that, they roll into a monthly membership. So, they kind of graduate and, you know, the term that most people use for that is upsell and I just wanted to share with you a little term that I heard actually from an old friend and somebody that we were interviewing. She called it upserve. Yeah. Just to upserve. And I thought, you know, that between that conversation with Amanda and then then that conversation that I, I was having with our that's old good. friend, I was like, gosh, I like that concept like that. Of, of upserve. It it really reinforces like we're gonna overdeliver and then we're gonna serve you at a higher level. I like and that. and that to me is like that captures the essence of what it's all about.
1: Totally. And right. that's how
0: you grow a thirty million dollar company apparently in, in two years. In two years. So <laughs> That's what we want to do. We want to learn to upserve.
1: Yeah, I like that. And actually, it's funny because my last point happened at the very, very, very end of the interview. You have to watch the the whole thing. And it was even after Rory said, how do you get in touch and all of that. And Amanda said this very, very thing, this very last thing at the very last minute. I'm
0: dying to know what this
1: is. (laughs) And she said, I want all of you to be successful so that you can go out and redistribute your wealth to your family, your church, and your community. Mm. And it hit me in that moment of the importance of helping people be successful. And there's nothing wrong with helping people make money with the right intentions. And I was actually on a walk. I was on a hike. I listened to all my podcasts on a hike. And it it made me think about something that happened at Brain Builders Group uh, about a year ago. And one of our original taglines was, become rich, famous, and influential. Mm-hmm. And we had a series of clients and even some of our own strategists who says, I mean, I don't know, is rich the right word and is famous the right word? And it was kind of off-putting and offsetting. And so we kind of succumbed to the feedback and we said, okay, maybe that's not it. Maybe it's, uh, you know, grow your influence and grow your income or, you know, Anyway, we softened it where the essence was still the same is that we want to help people become rich famous and influential But not for the sake of being rich so you can keep all of it yeah. And what she said there at the end was just it hit me in such a way that you know We succumb to just a few people's set of feedback But it's because people misinterpret the word and I love that she said this and it's like you need to be successful So you can rebu- redistribute that wealth into your community, into the right causes, into your family and into the church. And I think so many people misconstrue rich because Amanda talks about growing an enormous business in a really short amount of time and how some of their top affiliates are making a million dollars, Yeah, a million dollars a year. And I just, I think that's really important. And it's not all about money, but it's about what you do with that money. Like who can you help? Who can you serve? Who can you save with that kind of money? Um, But it's all in the right context, and then she said, or we said, you know, famous. And then it made me start thinking about how people misuse that in the terms of what we're doing. It's like famous is just synonymous with being known, right? And we say this a lot, but it's like people cannot buy from you if they do not know you. True story. And that is Amanda's entire business model: is micro influencers spread the love, you know, spread the word. Like help everyone know about this. It's like they would not have been able to grow at this rate and at this pace, this successfully without millions of people knowing about them. Another word for that is becoming famous within their audience. And I just think that there's so many times a negative connotation with rich, wealth, money, fame, becoming known. And it's all in the context of why do you want to do it? And that brings us back to the heart of building a personal brand and being a mission-driven messenger. And it's like, we want you to be successful. We want you to make money. We want you to become known because if people don't know about you, they cannot be changed by you. They cannot be saved by you. They cannot, you know, they cannot absorb what you have to give them right? And hopefully what you're giving them is a way to better their life, better their future, and better the lives and the futures of those around them. And, and it came at the very end in such a subtle statement, but I think it's so impactful for us all to remember why we're doing this. And it's to better our own lives, but also better the lives of those around us. And that includes making more money and becoming better at what we do. I went on a tangent. I'm sorry.
0: Drop the <laughs> mic. No. What else? There's, that nailed it. So I got nothing else to add. We're going to end on that. That was strong, babe. I love that. And that's our desire is to help you serve and make more impact and influence and income. <laughs> and so we're honored, honored to be able to do that. We'll catch you next time on the Influential Personal Brand.